You're listening to the Enterprise Mobile Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Manesh Lash. Welcome to this week's episode. I'll be covering a very non-sexy topic called mobile testing. So I'm going to kind of cover a, a couple of different areas. Um, first thing I'll cover is logging, so different log- logging strategies for your mobile applications. I'll cover mobile backend and mobile applications. So mobile testing is a very, very important topic. It's very important for large enterprise type of mobile application development. Uh, when you have a lot of moving pieces, it really helps to have good testing strategies in place. So we'll cover uh, some of those pieces and some automation that can really help uh, uh, build a really reliable and robust product. Even some of the components I'm going to talk about can be important for very small applications. So don't discount all these techniques as being only for enterprise mobile applications. Even small mobile apps um, can benefit with some of the techniques that I'm going to cover. So again, the agenda is going to be I'm going to cover logging, mobile backend, and then mobile apps. So let's get started with logging. So in the mobile application ecosystem, there's many different layers in a mobile app. You'll have the mobile application code running on the device. So that'll be code on an iOS or Android device. And then you have all the backend pieces. So for the backend, there's actually multiple pieces that are in place. So you will have usually a, a web web uh, a web layer. So you'd have either REST or SOAP services running on a web server. Uh, the web server would in turn call an application layer, uh, which could in turn call uh, databases. It could call enterprise backend systems. Could call other authentication systems. Uh, these systems could be Java, .NET, or any other backend technology. Uh, these these systems could also be uh, using REST or SOAP, also JSON or XML. So many different data types and transportation protocols. So that's why it's very, very important to make sure you log at each uh, touch point so you can really trace down where a problem occurs. So when you have a problem in the mobile application, you need to figure out what's the cause of the problem. Is it a mobile app? Is it a web server? Is it the authentication server? Identifying the root cause of the problem is critical so you're not wasting time looking for problems where there is not a problem. So couple of things that are also important. You're going to make sure each of these different touch points that we just talked about, like uh, application level, web services layer, mobile, all of these different pieces are logging to a centralized location. So uh, an online service that I've used in the past is called logentries.com. And they have a very uh, simple SDK that you can add to each layer of your mobile application to send logs uh, to a centralized server. So you can have your mobile app, your web services, your database, and all your backend pieces all send logs to a centralized location, and then you can view the logs um, to figure out what happened or when a problem occurred. So when you're doing uh, something like that, it's very important to have a uh, maybe something like a transaction ID, so you can or some sort of ID to an action that the user is f- performing, so you can identify which transaction. Um, what happens in the back end for each action that a user may be doing? So let's say you have a credit card application and the user is paying a bill. So that actual transaction, you need to know what's happening in the UI plus what's happening in all the different back end pieces. So if you, have, if you have some sort of ID that you can trace through each of the systems, that'll help you identify which log uh, entries um, apply to uh, which transaction. 
Uh, other things you'll need to consider when you're doing logging is what your company logging policies are. So you need to review with either the architecture team or other teams in your company that have different enterprise logging policies. So some things that they may have are things like it's very important to scrub sensitive data. So things like credit card numbers or social security numbers, they may want you to mask those numbers when you log them to a logging system. Different companies will have different retention policies. So there may be an enterprise mandated policy for how long you can store logs in your logging system. The logging, uh, some of these uh, some of these cloud logging solutions such as log entries may not be suitable for production environments. And also it's a cloud solution, log entry, so you may need to run that by your company. Some companies won't allow you to store logging data in the cloud. So there's other ways that you can send logs to a centralized system uh, within a company. So there's different ways to do that. But cloud versus non-cloud is something you'll have to discuss with your company. Um, something else you'll want to consider is you may need to add verbiage to your mobile app, either to your terms of conditions or a privacy policy, uh, outlining what you do with logging data. So that's kind of an overview of logging. It's very important to log in your mobile app and the back end to figure out where your problems are coming from. Uh, this can also help in a, a, a multi-team environment. So maybe you've got um, QA testers testing an application. These type of logging solutions, uh, such as log entries, are actually very helpful to QA testers. So when they're testing something and they find a bug, they can actually capture the actual log from the log entries and add it to a task that is sent back to a bug that's sent back to a developer. So it's not only for development purposes, but testing purposes also. So both development and QA can take advantage of uh, logging tools to help them do their jobs more efficiently. So that covers everything I wanted to talk about logging. Again, all of these notes are going to be in the show notes available at enterprisemobileweekly.com. This is episode six. So you can find out all the details that I'm talking about uh, at that location. Next, uh, let's talk about a mobile backend. So your mobile application typically doesn't live alone. A mobile backend is lots of different components uh, that live on the server side. Typically, it's uh, using a web-based interface. So you'll have a REST-based web server that has REST services that your mobile app interfaces with. So there's three things I'm going to talk about for testing that uh, REST service layer. So yes, unit testing, load testing, and health checks. So let's let's talk about unit testing. Uh, unit testing is the practice of testing your API and services. So as your backend developers are developing your REST service layer, you want to make sure each of the method calls and services are being tested using some sort of test data. So unit tests typically can be run by testers at the end of a development lifecycle or right before they're about to check in some new code. So unit testing is very, very good for testing current code that's being developed on and making sure that your existing code uh, hasn't broken. So unit testing is very important for server-side code. Another piece of testing for the server-side is load testing. Uh, load testing is when you want to verify that your web server can handle the expected load from all your mobile applications. Uh, another thing to note here is the, the REST service layer is not limited to just mobile applications. That same uh, REST service layer could be used by desktop or web applications. So it's not isolated to just mobile, but you want to make sure that your 
your server can handle the load from all the different applications that are trying to access the data from it. So there are tools like LoadRunner that can help you with that load testing. So LoadRunner has a uh, LoadRunner has a specific tool for uh, Android that helps you record uh, your mobile application uh, activity and capture all the different service calls. And then you can script out basically what your load tests look like. Uh, another thing to note is, is there's no need to test every single feature in your app. Try to identify the most popular features in your app that your users are going to want to use. Or maybe which are the, the slowest pieces of your app and those are the pieces I would test. So try to strategize where you're going to get the most bang for your buck. The last topic about the mobile backend testing that I want to cover are health checks. So health checks are basically a, a URL that you call on that web server. And it actually runs a bunch of tests to confirm that your backend is up and running and fully functional. So this URL call could return either HTML or JSON. And typically you want it to run a set of unit tests that will cover all the major services uh, that are run on that server. So if you have an application that does logging in, does registration, does a bunch of transactions, you'll want to make sure your server can um, make all those service calls and handle all the data. Uh, typically, you'll also want the health check uh, calls to be able to touch every single touch point in your backend. So if you have databases, authentication systems, uh, application layers, you want to make sure your health check calls each and every layer of your application to make sure every single layer is up and running. So health check URLs are typically run in two ways. You manually uh, call the URL to figure out uh, the health of that uh, server. So typically you want to pass back or pass or fail. Pass means all the unit tests that you have in your health check passed. Uh, you also want to include the maybe some sort of uh, service level or performance of the services. So you want to know whether uh, the service calls are taking the expected amount of time. So that can be useful to figure out if your servers are getting slower. Uh, another way for you to call the health check URL is in an automated fashion. So in a production environment, typically enterprises have the server-side agents that can, pin, that can ping uh, web services uh, to figure out um, what's going on. So basically, this health check URL is actually, a, it's kind of like a web service call, and you can have server-side code that calls this uh, uh, calls his health check either every hour or once a day to figure out what the health of that server is. So it can be very, very good for monitoring your mobile backend and giving, and if you set it up correctly, you could have alerts set up so that when your mobile backend is not performing as expected, it can send alerts to have different support teams look at the different environments. So if your web server is really, really low, maybe production support can check the logs to see if things need rebooting or something is failed on the server. So that kind of wraps up the uh, mobile backend side of things. So that covers all the backend pieces of the code. Now let's go to the fun part, uh, your mobile application code itself. So when you're developing your mobile application uh, code, there's a couple of different uh, strategies that you can employ to test your code. The first one is unit testing. Unit testing is when you're writing new features or in your application, you want to test your features as you're developing. So for the iOS side of things, uh, unit tests can be auto-generated when you create a new project. It's built into Xcode using something called XC test framework. 
And there's other unit testing frameworks for Android. Uh, I believe it's JUnit, and there's a couple of other ones. So unit tests are really, really good. Uh, they're, they're developed by developers. So as they're developing their code, they can test their code by running a, a unit test. So unit tests are really useful when you're checking in code or when you're completing a feature. Uh, you'll be able to test that your your feature, your, your methods and functions are working as expected. Uh, you can also check to make sure existing code that worked the last time around still works. So unit testing is uh, very important for developers to write um, highly efficient and, and performing code. The other way of testing is manual testing. So this type of testing can be done by both developers and your QA testing team, Quality Assurance. So you can either test your mobile application that runs on a simulator or on a device. So a simulator is running something within like Xcode or Android Studio where you launch the Android or iOS simulator and you test your app. That can be a good way to get a quick and easy feel for how your app is running. But be warned that running things in a simulator is not the same thing as running on a device. There's, there's a lot of different hardware capabilities that you just can't simulate on a simulator. So things like uh, network connectivity, it's a lot faster on your laptop versus on a mobile device. Things like the GPS and a lot of the hardware specific features are not available in simulators for you to test things like the camera and address book API and things like that. So I'm a big believer in device testing. And while we're on topic of uh, manual testing, uh, let's cover uh, a couple of other things here. Uh, one thing is, once you have a build ready to send to a tester, how, do the, how does the tester get a hold of that app? So you could just do a build of the app using Xcode and then email that or give that app to the tester and then they have to load that manually onto a mobile device or simulator. But that's a very, very inefficient way to do that. Uh, there's, there's testing services out there that allow you to automatically send your app to your testers. Uh, in an automated fashion. So let's talk about a couple of those. So Apple iOS has a service called TestFlight. It used to be an independent product before, but now it's now it's been changed and uh, adapted by Apple. So basically, you use the developer portal to, to submit a test version of your mobile application to Apple. And then you can send that to your testers who access the app using the test flight application on their mobile device. So it's a good way for you to send your mobile app to testers without having to email out the binary file. So test flight is really good if you're just doing iOS only development. On the Android side, the Google, Google Play Developer Console has a method for sending beta apps out there. Uh, very similar to Apple's test flight where you're gonna still go through their developer portal. Um, the one disadvantage of these two approaches of TestFlight and the Google Play Developer Console for beta apps is that they're platform specific. You can only use that approach for that platform's app. And when you're in an enterprise environment, sometimes you're building uh, apps that run on both iOS and Android and maybe other platforms. So in that scenario, you may want to look at another, pro another type of product. Um, there's third-party mobile app distribution products out there. A popular one that really became really popular after TestFlight was purchased by Apple is Hockey App. Hockey App supports both iOS and Android and Windows Phone applications. And incidentally, it was purchased recently by Microsoft. So basically, Hockey App is a way for you to upload your mobile apps to this service. 
You can set up different distribution groups, so different types of testers that can receive your application. And you can have fine level permissioning. So you could have testers receive different versions of your mobile applications, and you could have developers receive different versions of mobile applications. So there's a couple of different ways to work with Hockey App. You can use their web portal to basically upload each binary manually. So at each release cycle, a developer could upload the file, and then you could use the distribution tools and grouping tools within Hockey App to send it to your testers. The alternative approach is if you have a continuous integration type of environment or you want to automate the distribution of your mobile app, Hockey App does have an SDK for you to automatically upload your binary to their service and even automatically send it up to testers. So Hockey App is really worth looking at if you're doing cross-platform application development. So that kind of covers beta testing. Uh, let's kind of cover another topic here is... Um, how do you figure out what devices you should be testing on? So as you know, mobile applications run on different types of mobile devices. There's different screen sizes, there's different screen densities, and there's different uh, mobile operating systems. Well, let's take each one uh, uh, by one. So each uh, mobile platform, you'll need to have a separate strategy for iOS and Android. And that's because they have different flavors of the OS out in the marketplace at any given time. For iOS, uh, you'd want to go to the uh, developer.apple.com slash support slash app dash store webpage. That's going to tell you which, uh, it's going to tell you the market share of the version of iOS in the marketplace today. So right now, typically, if you're going to launch a mobile app, you're going to want to make sure you're testing an iOS 7 and iOS 8. So those are the public versions of the OS on the marketplace. On the Android side, developer.android.com has a dashboard page that's going to tell you all the different versions of Android out there in the marketplace. So for Android, you typically want to support Gingerbread or Jellybean and above to get the most amount of coverage for devices in the marketplace. So that kind of covers the strategies for how you select the which OS you should be covering when testing. Another thing you should account for when you're doing your device testing is in, in addition to the OSs that you want to test, Again, you want to be testing for multiple versions of iOS. You want to make sure you test iOS 7 and 8. For Android, you want to test uh, Jelly Bean. There are three different flavors of Jelly Bean, Kit Kat, Lollipop. So you're going to need a combination of OS variants and devices. And in addition to devices, you want to make sure you have different screen sizes and screen densities. So let's talk about screen sizes. So Phones typically have like three different categories of screen sizes. You'll have the small screen size, so that could be three and a half, four inches uh, in screen size, four and a half inches. You'll have the uh, uh, mid size, so four and a half inches to five inches, typically the mid. And you'll have phablets, which are usually larger screen size phones. So you typically anything five inches and above. So things like the uh, iPhone 6 is uh, mid-size, it's 4.7 inches. Uh, the Samsung Galaxy X6, X, S6 is a phablet. Uh, I think it's 5.5 inches. I think, I think it might be a little smaller, 5.2 inches, but even the Galaxy Note, that's uh, 5 inches and above size, and even the Nexus 6, which is 6 inches, almost 6 inches. So you want to make sure you take into account screen sizes. So you're going to make sure you have... A selection of devices have different OSs and different screen sizes. You're not going to be able to get every single screen size, so I'd, I'd try to make sure you cover uh, 
something small, something big, and something large, maybe. Uh, something else you want to consider is the screen density. Some of the screens have low resolution and high resolution, so I'll make, I'd want to make sure that we have uh, coverage of low and high screen uh, densities when testing mobile applications. So uh, something that's uh, high resolution could be something like the uh, iPhone 6 Plus, the iPhone 4 is low resolution. And the same thing also applies to uh, iPads and tablets. So you want to do this, do this, use this technique for selecting devices for both phones and tablets. So you want to look at OS versions, which ones are popular in the marketplace. Look at screen sizes and densities. And then using that information, you should be able to come up with a matrix of the right type of uh, a selection of devices that you want to test with. You can easily have over 10 devices that your QA team are using for test purposes. Also, don't forget to include beta releases of uh, OSs. Uh, iOS in particular has a very high adoption rate. So right now, iOS 9 is in beta, and iOS 8.4 is in beta. So you want to make sure you try to include both of those things in your QA testing schedule. Uh, I'd make sure that iOS 8.4 beta has a higher priority because that has a that has a sooner that, that, that's going to be released to the marketplace much quicker than iOS 9, so I will give a higher priority to current beta releases versus the newer, uh, in the future beta releases. So for example, if your iOS, uh, if your development team is testing iOS on a weekly basis, I would test uh, iOS 8.4 beta every week, and then maybe once a month or every major release, I would test it on iOS 9. That way you have coverage of both versions of iOS, and put you in better shape for releasing your code to newer versions of, of, of the OS. Uh, you also want to be testing on new versions of Android, but it's not as critical because Google doesn't release uh, the new versions of Android to all the devices, whereas Apple, any versions of new OS updates get applied to the majority of devices in the marketplace. So it's more important on iOS to taste, test beta versions. So that covers, that covers the device coverage part of testing. Let's take a look at automated testing. So typically when your test team or developers test the mobile application, you may have a, a bunch of test cases that they're running manually on their device. Uh, running tests manually can is very time consuming and can be error prone. Uh, a really good technique is automated UI testing. So that's basically uh, code that actually mimics what the user is doing on the screen. And this code can run either on a simulator or on a device. So you're actually testing the mobile application code using the same uh, situation that a, a manual test or user would be using. So there's different ways to do that. There's different tools out there. But typically, you're either going to be writing test cases using some sort of scripting uh, language to actually script out the user behavior. So for example, the user launches the application, navigates to screen X, types in the username and password, clicks and submit, and then performs XYZ function. One thing to be aware with uh, automated, automated UI testing tools is having a tool that only works with scripting is uh, works, but is very, very time consuming. A much better approach is having a tool that has recording capability. So that's basically where you run a tool, uh, run the tool on your mobile device. You hit record, and then you actually manually run your test cases one time on your device, capturing all that input, 
and then once you've captured your tests using the tool, uh, you can actually rerun those tests automatically without having to uh, do that test manually. So basically, uh, a recording uh, capability of, a, of automated testing allows you to record your test cases once and then run them many times, um, even with the ability to change input parameters. So you could change in, for example, the username that's being used for a login test uh, using that same recording. So recording capability is really, really critical in making sure that your automated testing strategies are, the, are as most efficient as possible. So there's a, there's a bunch of different tools in the marketplace. Um, Xcode 7, which is the beta version of Xcode that's going to be coming out in the fall, has added UI recording to its uh, tool belt. So basically you're going to be able to use that tool to do UI recording of iOS 9 applications and then test them. So that's a really good native feature now built into the native tools and available for free. There's lots of different commercial and open source tools out there. Um, some that you can look at are Telerik Test Studio, uh, the Xamarin Test Cloud, APM, Money Talk. Uh, so there's actually two ways of running these automated testing tools. Uh, one, one way is to run them on a, compu on, a on a computer and on a device. So basically you plug in your iPhone uh, to your laptop and then you run these automated tests. So you could have a laptop or a computer with multiple mobile devices plugged in and you can have scripts that will run the test on five different phones uh, covering 20 different test cases that you may have. So that's typically the most common way you'd want to do that. Uh, there's some new methodologies out there. A lot of companies are doing cloud testing now where you can have your cloud, uh, have the tests run on virtual devices in the cloud. So basically uh, some companies will have banks and banks of mobile devices and then you basically run your code in the cloud and they run your code on your behalf on their mobile devices uh, in a cloud environment. So it's basically like running your tests on real devices but those devices are stored in a different location. So those type of cloud testing services do charge by the hour uh, of use and they can be very, very expensive. So depending on your budget and your project, that may or may not be something that's feasible. Uh, one thing to take uh, into account when looking at this automated UI testing uh, solutions out there, uh, you've got to be very careful um, if you're doing hybrid development. Native mobile applications are very, very easy for these, uh, these automated testing tools to work with. So typically you'll want to have, the, the tool needs to uh, automate the uh, application, right? So when you're using native development, whether that's Android or iOS, these tools have a really good, easy time to do that. When you have hybrid applications, some of these tools can have a challenging time in automating the UI of the application. So you want to make sure you take a look at the uh, the mobile GUI framework that you're using for your hybrid application. So whether that's jQuery Mobile, Sentia Touch, or Ionic, you want to make sure, uh, you want to see if those framework providers have suggestions for automated testing solutions. Because some tools will have a hard time identifying buttons and maybe fields within your application because depending on how these uh, HTML5 frameworks work, different types of IDs and component IDs can be generated by these frameworks that these automated testing tools don't know what to do with. So for hybrid applications, I would pay very good attention to the framework that you're using and what, what testing solutions, UI testing solutions that other people have already uh, found that works. 
so that covers the, the majority of mobile application testing. Uh, one last area I want to cover is continuous integration. So continuous integration is an environment where uh, it's basically a server system where every time uh, somebody checks in code, uh, the server will actually create your mobile application. It would it would pull the code from source control. It would build your application, compile it. It could then run the application in the simulator or on devices, and then run a bunch of unit and UI automation tests. So having continuous integration service do testing is very, very efficient, but it can be very time consuming to set up. And based on uh, how your developers checking your code, it, it can be a really good, good way to have coverage on um, how stable your application is. So there's different ways to do continuous integration testing. If you're doing just iOS only, uh, there's Apple provides tools for free. So there's Xcode server and there's something called Xcode bot. So you can set up an Xcode bot, which is like an automated agent that will check your Git repository for code update for commits. And based on different rules that you set up, it can pull a, pull a Git commit and then do a build and then test on devices. And then it'll give you the results of that test. If you if you're trying to do both iOS and Android, you can look, there's Jenkins based solutions out there for mobile that'll work. And if you're doing things on the Windows platform and Xamarin, you can even use TFS to do continuous integration. So continuous integration is really really useful on really large enterprise type of projects, um, and they can run on a schedule basis or they can run based on uh, Git commit or source control Git commit uh, activity. So that covers some of the extensive testing uh, options for mobile applications. Again, it's not just the mobile application. You want to make sure your mobile application is stable and up and running. Logging is also critical. You want to make sure you identify whether root cause of your problems are in your mobile application ecosystem. And then you can go to the right people to fix that. So whether that's your mobile developer, your backend developer, or your database developer, you want to make sure the right person is working on the right problem at a given time. So that kind of covers everything I wanted to talk about for mobile testing. Uh, the show notes are going to have some of the links to this, some of the uh, tools I talked about. So go to enterprisemobileweekly.com, click on the show notes link, which should be on the right-hand side or on the bottom. And look for the show notes for episode 6, and that's where you're going to find out the... You'll find an outline for this show, plus the links uh, for this episode. That's going to be very, very useful for you to... Uh, to recap on what I talked about. So thank you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.